0: Welcome back to another episode of the Believe, in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. We are continuing on with our summer scouting series, very close to wrapping it up. Today is going to be linebackers, and then we will have two more position groups right before the start of the college football season, as well as the NFL season, which is expected to kick off in September. College football starting up August 28th when the first games will be played i'm joe de leon joined by ryan roberts and alex gilstrap to nfl draft analysts part of rise and if you're looking for in-depth analysis as well as great information from their scouting database head on over to rise absolutely fantastic content it continually gets better every single day only about 15 days since it launched and it's just the progress has been amazing so folks if you want to check that out Head on over to riseanddraft.com. So, guys, before we get into this linebacker discussion, I just want to knock out our read and share with our listeners a bit of information on Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Like I said, college football is getting close. If you want to put in some money on who you think is going to win the Heisman Trophy? Who do you think is going to win a uh, national championship for some of those futures bets? You got you got to go do it now. Go get those bets in now before those things change. Those odds change when news starts to come out, and you hear that maybe guys are hurt. Certain guys are going to be getting a diminished role. You need to put those bets in before it is too late. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win championships, bet online is all of the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit their website today, or use your mobile device to join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, we're talking linebackers today, which is always a fun conversation. Seems like we have had some varying levels of talent over the past few draft classes at linebacker big name from last year Micah Parsons I'm not sure if we really have a big name and we're going to get to talking about your guys's top rankings and I think it's going to solidify that but if we're just looking at this group overall how would you describe it because I think that there's a lot of differences in who's even in the top three for this linebacker class
1: well, I think we were a little bit spoiled for 2021. I think it was a fantastic class, even outside of the Michael Parsons of the world. Yeah, guys like Nick Bolton, who were, who I think is going to be a a, a relatively early starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think 2022. It's starting to grow on me a little bit. I have to be very honest. Like when I first started diving in a couple months ago now, I was like, oh man, because they perceived guys for me that people have at the, had at the very top of the list as guys that are going to be a part of the class and are going to be big players in the class. I watched a couple of them and I was a little underwhelmed to be honest. Luckily, as I've gotten further and further into the draft process into summer scouting, there are guys that I have found that I've watched and I'm kind of like, okay, now I'm getting there. I still think it's a pretty average class. I wouldn't say it's good at this point. I think there's some upside, but it's better than when it first started for me to say the least.
2: Yeah. I mean, these past, you go back three years now, we had Devin White in 2019. We had Isaiah Simmons, who if you classified him as a linebacker in 2020, and then this year, Micah Parsons, we've had that guy that kind of stood out as that top 10 caliber football player going into the draft. And, as it stands right now, I don't necessarily see that person where I feel comfortable taking them with the top half of the first round pick, but I like the depth. I think we have plenty of guys that are in that day two range. We talked about that for a couple positions. I feel like this year we're getting a lot of those. I feel like this might break the record for most second and third round preliminary summer grades for me personally, because just from position to position, I see all these guys that are not quite there yet, but I'm seeing a lot of guys that, you know, I would feel comfortable taking in the top 100 that just haven't shown enough of that growth. And in a limited season, maybe that's the cause for that concern is we didn't get to see, for some of these guys, especially these Pac-12 guys and, and Big Ten guys, we didn't get to see that full season of work for them. So I'm expecting a lot of guys to rise in 2021, not not only in the linebacker class, but I but in the whole class as a, as a whole.
0: Yeah, I find it super interesting that we're, we're coming into this show and there's not really a guy that I can point to and that we can open the discussion with as I typically do. Like we've had with some of these other position groups. Like, for instance, last week, immediately we went to Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I was immediately brought him up. We talked about him off the rip. But that's not the case for this group. And, and I'm kind of foreshadowing a little bit on when we get to the top five rankings, your guys' top fives. There is a large level of, of variation between who is ranked where. There is not really a consensus, as I've said, and we're going to get into unpacking that throughout this episode. So like we try to do on this show, as we typically do, we open with a highest upside player, somebody who has a ton of potential, and if they hit on that potential, they could be an incredibly talented NFL player. We want to go to Alex first. This time, I believe you said you were going to get the first high upside guy. So who'd you go with?
2: Yeah, for me, it's Penn State's Brandon Smith. Uh, Penn State obviously coming off. We just talked about Micah Parsons being, uh, the linebacker there, but in 2020 decided to opt out. And I think Brandon Smith did a really good job on this as a second level defender to kind of fill that void that Micah Parsons, uh, left when he decided to opt out of the 2020 season. D- different role. Micah Parsons is more of an inside linebacker. Brandon Smith played a lot outside of the box. He played in the slot quite a bit as that overhang role. Something that you know we talked about Isaiah Simmons for you know about this role. Like what role does he play? Is he a safety? Is he a, a linebacker? It doesn't really matter. He's just an athlete that you can plug. He can be a tight end eraser, but he has that athleticism to keep up with with fairly athletic slot receivers. So Brandon Smith is someone that what, 6'4", 6'5", 240? like he's got all the size in the world. He plays with that same physicality that you would expect of someone that size, especially as a blitzer. That's where I became most impressed with him is blitzing off the edge from that wide nine alignment uh, or or even when he's lined up in the slot. I mean, I think he, he displays great violence, especially when having that full head of steam at the tackles. Um, and then he can get in the backfield. He displays good hands. So, and then in coverage, I think he has all the athleticism in the world. That's why they trust him to play that role of, of, you know, erasing the tight end. And I think Penn State was one of the better defenses in college football, in power five college football at defending tight ends. Um, as far as tight ends yards per game. And a lot of that is because of Brandon Smith and what he was able to do and the athleticism and the, and the physicality that he plays with in coverage as well as a run defender. So, I mean, I really do think that there's a lot to unpack with Brandon Smith, a lot of things to like. Um, really the biggest thing with him is playing with a little bit more consistency. You see the flashes in every single facet of the game, but as far as consistency, you see him try, he, you know, you know, over-trust himself and, and be a little too aggressive at times and, and can allow for the big play. So I just want to see him kind of hone in a little bit and play a little bit more conservative at times. Um, especially when it comes to getting his hands on people and making the big hit. Sometimes he he allows for broken tackles because he's trying to make the splash play. But he has everything in his arsenal capable of
1: being a first round or early second round linebacker in 2022. I know Brandon Smith is a really intriguing football player, to say the least. Um, I haven't done a deep dive into him, so I, I can't give as much analysis as Alex. I will say watching – Tariq Castro-Fields, the cornerback, a little bit this summer, watching some of the uh, Ohio State wide receivers and offensive linemen. Number 12 certainly does flash a ton. He, like you said, he plays that that overhang position because they have a couple other linebackers that are seniors. I think they're both on the Senior Bowl watch list and Jesse Luqueta, and they have another kid. So I think that he's been used kind of as that big Sam role. I'm curious to see if he gets a little more um, a little more time inside because it's a little more translatable to the next level. And I'm excited to see it. Obviously, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism attributes. I went with another guy, though, that I did a deep dive in. And I'll be very honest, I'm, I'm lukewarm on him as a prospect right now. And that's DeMarvian Overshone from Texas. So he was a former safety recruit. He came in with Caden Stearns, who's now in the NFL. Uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, I believe, and then uh, with BJ Foster, who's still there. So they had three of the top safety recruits in the country. The question was at the time, how are these guys going to fit in together? BJ's kind of settled into like a more of a nickel role. Caden Stearns, of course, was playing on the roof a ton. DeMarvin Overshone was playing safety until this past year. They moved the off ball linebacker. They moved the, he's playing well. He's playing some Mike, Um, not playing in, in space a ton, which is a little odd. You thought, I would, thought, would think for a guy. That has that size, has the safety background. He'd be playing more of that Sam overhang role, but they really did play him in the box. He's a tall, six foot three, right around thirty-three inch arms. He's got a lot of length. I will say, right now, still needs to physically develop. He's only right around two hundred fifteen pounds or so, but athletically, this kid can run sideline to sideline. He has a quick trigger and he gets downhill. He has no—I feel like he doesn't have any shortcomings in terms of aggressiveness. He's a big hitter. The problems are. Eye discipline on the second and third level are much different. Things are coming a lot faster when you're on the second level. And I think that his eyes are very slow. I think that he doesn't quite understand run fits correctly. And I think he's just an athlete running around the field right now. And I think that there is a lot of things to improve upon from an eye discipline and diagnostic skills. But as far as guys that I've watched in depth, I mean, this kid is a special athlete on the second level. So I think that he has a large upside. But I also think that there's a lower floor on a guy like this. So there are a big, there's a big gap in outcomes. This kid could be maybe a second rounder at some point, or this kid could be somewhere as a developmental guy in mid-day mid day three. There's a large large variance of outcomes for the guy for Demarion Overshone. But I think athletically speaking, he's one of the more gifted linebackers in the class, that, counting guys that I've only seen in passing. I think that as far as guys that I've seen, he's probably the best athlete on the second level I've seen so far.
0: So, so speaking on that prospect evaluation volatility, you, you just spoke very highly of Overshone, who I, I think right now is getting some pretty good buzz, and it makes sense why you brought him up. As people might recall f- that tune into this, ep- this, uh, this podcast consistently, they know that our next category is Biggest Bum. This week's Biggest Bum category is named after Dylan Moses, who notoriously was a top 10 pick and then goes undrafted. But ironically... Here we are, Alex coming in hot with the, with the hammer saying that his biggest bum is DeMarvin Overshone. So why is that the case? Why are you on the complete opposite end? Of, you couldn't be any more on the opposite end of the spectrum than what Ryan said.
2: Well, I, I do think Ryan made a lot of good points and I like the, the sentiment he made. The the range of outcomes for this prospect for Overshone is very, very wide because you see the athleticism. He's a converted safety, which is appealing to some people, especially when he has more time to develop. But I'm worried there's the development needed is not gonna happen in from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty-one. There's just not enough time for him to get all the needed weight, all the needed uh you know, ability to shed blocks is, was, was very poor. And, and I, the weight and play strength has a lot to do with it, but he's 215 pounds at six foot three right now, which is a fairly tall linebacker. Uh, you know, it's a good size linebacker, but 215 pounds is just light and he just looks very frail. And I, I don't see a good tackler. I see someone that, that's not afraid of physicality, but he just has a, a hard time with his, his lanky frame really getting guys down to the ground in the film that I watch. So, like Ryan said that this guy could be a mid day three pick or he could be a day two pick. And it really comes down to what he has been doing throughout this offseason, this downtime from January, from December, January, all the way through August. Like what has he done to better himself, especially since he he's recently converted from safety to linebacker. Simply put, I think he is a safety playing linebacker at this point with the film that we have to this point, he's just a safety playing linebacker. He looks out of place uh, in my opinion. And I, I, I think there's got to be a lot of physical development needed for me to think that this guy can play linebacker and translate to the linebacker position at the NFL level.
1: Well, Joe, when we first started this conversation, the guy that I'm going to throw out for the Dolan Moses category is a guy that when you talk and you were saying, like, is there a guy that can be projected to being a top 10, top 15 pick that we've seen with the Devin Whites and the Micah Parsons of the world? The guy that is in those mock drafts right now, I mean, almost consensus across the board. Almost every mock draft that isn't my own <laughs> that I watch is Christian Harris, linebacker from Alabama. And I hate to, you know, dog on another Alabama linebacker after what happened, unfortunately, Jeez, with Dylan Moses with the injuries. But like, I, let me start with the positives for, for Christian Harris. Actually, let okay, me start go there. ahead. Go ahead.
0: Because this is gonna he's be a hot dense. take,
1: dude. He's he's dense. Like he's six foot one, two hundred forty pounds looks like that traditional off-ball linebacker that can play with physicality. He has a quick trigger. I think that, um athletically speaking, I mean, we saw him against Notre Dame match up man-to-man against Michael Mayer and get an interception in their game against Notre Dame, and I think that he has some really in- impressive physical attributes. I think that he's a really nice athlete. I think all that is true. I think that there's upside with a guy like Christian Harris. But the the title of this category is guys that are being built up as this Fantastic prospect, and I'm just not seeing it right now. And the reason is Christian Harris, as good as he is in man coverage at times, in zone coverage, it's awful, man. Like it's not like it's not okay. It's not middling. It's not average. It's bad. He has some terrible eyes in zone coverage. Out of position so often leaves guys out to dry in the middle of the field. Speaking from the defensive perspective. It's, he just doesn't recognize what is developing in front of him from a zone, perspective, uh, zone coverage perspective. And then in the run game, without diagnostic skills, I feel like show up a ton. I feel like he's in the wrong spot a lot. I feel like he is taking bad angles to the football because he relies so heavily on athleticism and his diagnostic skills are not very good. So for me, he's in my top five. And if you want to talk about him somewhere on day two, I'm there. I could get there because I think that the upside is there. I think that there is at least early on some matchup uh, projection that you can get. Like you he can be a dime linebacker. That's going to play man to man. He can do some man to man stuff in space. Like I'm good with that. But if we are billing this kid as a top 15, top 20 pick, I'm all the way out. For me, mm. he's nowhere near that dude. I don't see that gets lost in zone run fills are inconsistent eyes are bad at the line of scrimmage always in the wrong position for me he's much more athlete playing linebacker right now than linebacker just being a good football player i think that he is all athlete i don't think that his eyes have caught up to his physical traits so until i see those improvements i'm all the way out and for this category specifically top 10 15 pick no chance on a guy like christian harris
2: yeah. I mean, I think because I talked about it at the top of the show, three years in a row, we've had this top 10, 15 guy. And I think, I think we're trying to force it. I think as a draft media, as draft Twitter, we're trying to force that guy and who's going to be the next, you know, Micah Parsons, who's going to be the next Devin White, you know, who's going to be the next Isaiah Simmons, that top 10, 15 guy. And I think Christian Harris, from a physical perspective, displays a lot of the traits, displays the size, displays the physicality, displays the athleticism needed to be that guy. But like you said, in zone coverage, that was w- my biggest downfall for him as well. He's more of just a, Hey, I'm supposed to be here. Uh, these guys are crossing next to me. I don't really know where to go and just kind of sits in grass. I mean, he just kind of sits his heels into grass and doesn't do anything. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, but I think as a, as a run defender, I, I think though sometimes he, he tries to overplay his, his run fit and, And kind of leaves a, it leaves a gap open because he's just trying to make a play. I think he does a pretty good job at making those plays because of his athleticism, because of his play strength. Um, you know, at the point of attack with those offensive line, those guards pulling to the second level, I think, I think he does a good job of stacking and shedding blockers and and getting in on tackles in the run game. So I like Christian Harris. There's definitely some falls in this game. He's definitely not the top 10 to 15 guy that some people are billing him as at to this point. Um, but like you said, there's upside there. There's, there. Right now, he's worthy of a day two pick, an early day two pick, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I'm good with that evaluation. The last thing I will say, just I think that some people have overrated Christian Harris a little bit because they're watching him next to Dylan Moses this past year (laughs) and like, let's be honest, man. Dylan Moses was a bad football player in 2020, not to all his fault. There's injuries he's dealing with. He's not a confident football player right now. Like I hope that he figures it out with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but seeing Christian Harris, who was good in 2020 comparative to it, next to a player that you see directly that's built up as his top player. That was bad. I feel like that kind of, I feel like that magnifies Christian Harris a little bit as a good prospect, making him a better one just because he's better than the guy that he's playing next to, if that makes sense.
0: Ryan just hates yep. Alabama linebackers. Confirmed bias. Man. Put lo- it in the I loved, comments.
1: I love Ryan Reuben Foster, hates man. The tide. <laughs> I loved Ruben Foster. Ruben Foster is probably still my highest graded linebacker ever. I love that, dude. I do not have anything against Alabama. I have things against bad Alabama players. That's my only
2: thing. Uh, Wait, where were you at on Mac Wilson? A couple
1: years ago. I hated Mac, dude. Oh, my God. He had no physicality. I did not like that. at I old. knew he did. That's why I
2: brought so, it up. Uh, I'm,
0: I'm like hearing back. a trend. Uh, you're, you're just named one guy you like, the rest of them, I'm hearing that you... It,
1: nah, it's man, I liked, I liked Mosley a, a decent bit. I loved Ruben Foster, and I mm-hmm. kind of liked Rashawn Evans. I was like a high second on Rashawn Evans, so he hasn't done quite as well as a couple of the other guys. Don't make me sound like a hater, Joe. I'm just being a, I'm being honest here, okay? We're talking about honesty on this podcast. Well,
0: I, I told Charlie to cut the specific clip of you breaking down why Christian Harris was your bum of the week And that's going to be out of context, and we're going to post that on social media. So I can't wait until the very aggressive Alabama fans uh, start coming for you, Ryan, because that's always uh, a favorite thing of mine to see people (laughs) yelling at at Ryan on Twitter. Uh, No, I doubt that'll happen. But we need to get now to shifting our focus, which is the other side of things. Guys that could be potential out-of-nowhere risers. If you remember from last draft cycle, Jamin Davis was that guy. Wasn't really talked about. I don't even think we brought him up during summer scouting. And then as the cycle went on during the season, not really brought up that much. And then out of nowhere, as as the season ends and you shift your focus to the testing and and all all the parts of the draft process as it's finishing up, this guy's suddenly in the first-round conversation. He ends up being a first-round pick. So if we're pinpointing, A guy in this linebacker class that could be like Jamin Davis that comes out of nowhere and ends up being a highly drafted player at this position group. Who do we think it is? Alex, I want to go to you first. Who picked an Iowa State linebacker?
2: Man, Ryan knows about my love for Mike Rose. (laughs) Iowa State linebacker. He's a guy, he's got to be a fourth, at least a fourth-year senior. He might be a fifth-year senior. I can't can't remember if he's a redshirt or not, but displays good size. And this guy's just a vacuum. I mean, he just – you talk about we, – we dog on people like Blake Martinez and, and some of these guys of the world that stat sheet stuffer as far as tackle numbers. This is what micros. is. He's always around the football, and it's really due – I don't think he's a phenomenal athlete. I don't think – you know, I don't think he wows you in any way physically, but where he does wow you is his instincts. This guy always knows where the ball's going. It's like he reads the play before it even happens. I, I really, really value instincts um as a linebacker linebackers you know you can be all the athlete you know all the physical specimen you in the world but if you don't have if you have bad instincts you're not going to make it at the next level so micro someone that's going to walk into the nfl with plus instincts in my opinion when it comes to reading screenplays when it comes to uh, run fits this guy is always where he needs to be and if you watch any iowa state defensive film you would be surprised not to see him next to the football by the end of the play so mike rose just for me is instincts 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 is the top top uh category for him that he he checks the box and then i don't think he's a bad athlete sometimes you have these good instinct guys these guys that's you know st- stuff the stat sheet these evan weavers of the world that are just bad athletes with it this guy's a solid athlete to go along with those great instincts. So I think this is someone that's going to stick in the NFL for years and years as a as a rotational linebacker, as a you know as a as a will, um, or and then of course he's going to have some uh, special teams value as well because this guy just has a knack for staying in his zone. He he, he plays in structure very well. He has good discipline, and he, you know he's going to do really really well at the next level in that role.
1: I like Mike Rose, man. I will say I will, I would comp him to a guy like uh, New York Giant great Blake Martinez. Kind of. It's a little bit of those. Um, you know, just everything's solid. You know, like nothing spectacular. Yeah. It always seems to be in the right spot. Maybe he's not the best player if we're trying to play any man-to-man on the back end. But, like, zone coverage is okay. It's not bad. It's not a detriment. But I, so, I do like Mike Rose. One guy that I think can make a big rise because he's a very impressive athlete. I feel like there is some... Huge projection here to the passing league. I got Shaka Hayward from Duke, who wears number 42. He's from the Craig Ironhead Hayward family, Cam Hayward um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Connor Hayward is uh, his cousin, I believe, that plays with the Michigan State Spartans as a running back. So he comes from a very athletic family, about six foot three, 225 pounds. So he's a little light. He needs to gain some weight. But I haven't heard almost anybody talk much about him. And I will say, some people I've seen project him as a day three player. I think that this kid could be a day two player when all is said and done, because I think that he has length to him. I think he has a really nice blend of speed and sideline to sideline ability, slot to slot ability, however you want to phrase it. But I think that he also has tremendous eye discipline, and he brings a little more thump than you would anticipate. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's going to be able to play Mike. He's a true will because he doesn't quite have that size to conti- to consistently stack and shed and strike in, sh- in very tight spaces. But I think as a pursuit player who has enough physicality, has good eyes, can impact zone coverage a decent degree, I like Shaka Hayward a bunch. I think he could be a really nice riser this year out of Duke.
0: And it's worth noting he was uh, he did appear on the podcast. So if you want to go listen to that episode, it is on our YouTube and it is also on the website. Uh, actually, it's not on the website right now. I take that back. But it is on the podcast feed. So go check that out as. Uh, you know, you can tune in and hear his thoughts on his potential path to the NFL. So, guys, let's get to the fun part. Wrapping up the show with each other's top fives. And today's a little bit different, I think, than most position groups because just for timing purposes, we're kind of mixing in outside and inside linebackers. So it's going to be a little bit odd uh, truly ranking these guys, similar to when we we talked centers and guards in one show but let's get to you, Ryan, first. You have Terrell Bernard from Baylor at five. Christian Harris, who you just bashed for a solid ten <laughs> minutes at number four. And still had him top five. And still had him top five. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to be so confusing for people who want to yell at you. Uh, oh, well. For Alex, uh, Edufan Olufa – Alex, how do you pronounce that? I apologize to – I apologize to-
1: Olufoshio? I Olufoshio.
0: Ryan, do you know how to pronounce yeah.
1: that? No idea
2: Olofosio. no idea. Olafocio. I think you had it right there.
0: All right. Olafocio. Edufan Olafocio from Washington as at five and then Amari Gaynor, Florida State at four. I can't even pinpoint a guy that you guys have in agreement here so that makes my job more difficult as always. But I want to I, I heard before the show, Alex, you were talking about Olafocio. I'm curious yeah. to get your guys' thoughts on him before we guess our top thirties.
2: Yeah, so for me, the re- former walk-on uh, did did not come on to the the University of Washington campus as a scholarship athlete, but he earned that shortly after because he played as a true freshman. Uh, you know, quite a bit of snaps. And over the last couple of years, 2019, 2020, he became a staple in that second level of that defense. And for me, you see someone that has the size. I mean, this guy is is... is what, 6'1", 240, densely built. Um, but I think really where his bread and butter is is as an attacker, that this guy just attacks with physicality, whether it's blitzing, he runs through centers and guards like they're nothing. Um, he, he just keeps his legs churning. Like, you know, watching Nick Chubb play running back, this guy just does not let his feet stop. And I think you see a lot of that from the linebacker position out uh, of this kid from Washington, I'm going to just keep saying the kid from Washington. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, whether it's as a run defender, uh, making tackles, this guy is a sure tackler with, with finishing ability. And then of course, like I said, as a blitzer, uh, I think this guy's really good. And I don't think he's a slouch. I don't think he's a bad athlete. I think he's a four sevens kind of guy at the linebacker position. That's 240 pounds, six foot one. I think it's pretty, pretty solid athlete, pretty good athlete. And I think he he shows that in coverage. I think he not someone that's gonna be billed as a coverage linebacker, but this is a run first. This is I think he's very similar from a prototype standpoint to to what we got from Missouri's Nick Bolton last year. I think you know you have a shorter, stackier linebacker that displays great physicality, especially as a tackler and a finisher. Uh, that's no slouch as a as a coverage defender. So he's not gonna be a liability in the pass game and he's going to be a plus run defender and a plus blitzer, I think this is someone that that could hear his name called in the top 50, much like Nick Bolton.
0: So Ryan putting his his hand up and saying, I, I have not watched him is going to be on video, <laughs> which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's summer scouting, so not everybody, we're, we're not getting, can we I, haven't gotten everyone, so it's all good. No well, problem. can
1: I get permission? Can I can I talk about Terrell Bernard? For a I was going to be say, better? why don't we I've talk about him? So yeah, why good. don't we get
0: to Bernard? Because you, you spent enough time bashing Christian Harris.
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. really sorry. Um, I will go back and I'll watch Olafoscio at some point. But I will say Terrell Bernard is probably one of my more surprised watches of, of the uh, offseason so far. I gave him a late second-round grade and a guy that I wasn't too aware of. Like, I had heard the name because he had had 50-something tackles, I think, four or five games that he played this past season before injury for Baylor, and he had been 100-plus tackles the year before. Lightly billed. Weak side linebacker right around six foot and a half and about 225 pounds. So he's a smaller frame guy. So my my immediate misconception would be this guy is just a true run and chase will, which I think he is a will, but this kid is not lacking in physicality. He has great diagnostic skills. He is sideline to sideline and just tremendous eye discipline, always in the right spot. And he's a plus athlete. I think in zone coverage, he's good. Everything is good there in the run game. Physical, athletic, downhill can get sideline to sideline. I think if you haven't watched Ter- Terrell Bernard from Baylor, Jalen Petrie, uh, also their um, who is their overhang player is a nice little player. is is an interesting evaluation. I would say go watch Terrell Bernard. I think this kid is day two, went all over him. Game in a, a late second round grade, and I thought I was a little crazy. And I saw a come back and game a third round grade. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little on par here. I think I think Terrell Bernard. I didn't want to put this cop on him too much but I did get a chance to talk to him because I do have an article coming out about him and I asked him who were some guys that he looks up to and I threw this cop at him I think he's a shorter version and I'm not saying that he's going to be the best linebacker in the NFL but there are some attributes of Fred Warner that just wow. popped into my mind and then he said oh man I didn't want to be like cocky about it but like that's the guy that I watched <laughs> the most so I mean there's a little bit to Terrell Bernard I don't think he's quite obviously again he doesn't have that length that Fred Warner has that makes him such a dynamite athlete in zone coverage but I think there's a lot of Warner in a guy like Terrell Bernard. I think he is a very good football player. Second round evaluation. I think that he is a starter level weak side linebacker. And I think he plays some Mike because I think he plays a lot more physical than his size would kind of let on about him.
0: All right. Now here comes the fun part. Getting to guess as we always do. Alex, let's go to you first this time. You're going to go first in guessing Ryan's top three. So what do you got?
2: All right. I know he's a Peyton Wilson guy, so that's number one. I'm going to go, I think I've seen him come across a timeline from a Ryan tweets. So I'm going to go Mike Jones Jr., the Clemson, transfer to LSU at two. And I'm going to go, I, I mean, God, you can't have Amari Gaynor outside of your top five. I'm going Amari Gaynor at three. For All right. Saying. Wow.
0: F- flipping the switch here.
2: <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Ryan. Very off. What do you think?
1: I think I have this one. I I know I probably don't, but I I, I feel confident. So I will say this. I'm cheating a little bit because I think Alex originally put Peyton Wilson at number four on his list. So I'm going to guess that that means that Peyton Wilson is number three. So I'm going to say Peyton Wilson from NC State is three. I'm going to say number two for Alex. Number two for Alex is Brandon Smith from Penn State, and number one is Christian Harris from Alabama.
0: Okay. (laughs) So the winner of today's proper guessing – is Alex for only getting one what? correct? All he got is one correct. So, Alex correctly guessed, and and Ryan, your your top three was as follows. It no. was oh no, wait, wait wait did you did you guess Peyton Wilson as one? I'm I'm yeah, right. okay. So yes, Peyton that, so Peyton Wilson, NC State linebacker, that was guessed correctly. That was Ryan's number one. Number two, Henry Tutu, who is the tennessee toa, to Al- toa 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 toa, 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 toa. Come on, Tutu. Man. i'm okay. calling him i'm calling him Tutu. uh it's easier <laughs> toa toa <laughs> Dude, this is a rough episode for name pronunciation i'm i need to be better at that wait can you put that on the website can you put name pronunciations on the on the yeah, website
1: I'll, I'll get i'll get on it with all my free time Go ahead.
0: yes you have plenty, um, <laughs> Henry Toa, Toa, the Alabama linebacker, Toa. and then uh, Devin Lloyd was number three. So that Devin was Lord. that was wow. how that shaped out. Conversely, Alex, uh, Ryan, you didn't get a single one correct. <laughs> you're, you're having a rough go lately, Ryan, uh, with with guessing these. Jack Campbell is number one. Peyton what? Wilson is number two, and then Christian Harris is number three. So I, I'm, you're exasperated
2: by that Jack Jack Campbell pick. So I just want to,
0: let's talk about Jack Campbell here for a few minutes uh, before we close out.
2: Okay, Jack Campbell did not play all the snaps. That was frustrating as a watcher. Um, He did not play enough snaps in my opinion, but this is someone that checks every box. Uh, Six foot five, 240. I think he's got great athleticism. I think he plays great coverage with great click and close ability. I think this guy has superstar potential. Like this guy checks everything every box with plus traits he just has to get on the field more and I don't know why and maybe there's something behind closed I don't I'm not speaking on it but this guy does not play enough snaps for me I think he only played 140 snaps this year uh injury riddled season but when he was healthy this guy was able to Play very well in runs, uh, as an outside linebacker, as a will linebacker, played well in coverage, click and close ability, uh, on screens and flat routes was tremendous in my opinion. And I think this guy's a great tackler with, with great athleticism. I think he really does have everything you need. I just need him to play more. So we talked about at the top of the show, not having a top 10 to 15 guy. And my number one linebacker going into the 2021 season is someone that's not even a starter on his team. So if that tells you how this linebacker class is to Damn. this point, I, it's just, it's just, what do you what do you gotta say, Ryan? I see the face. You're
1: puzzled. He's pissed. I, I I mean I I did watch Jack Campbell. I I almost put him in my you know mid round guy that could rise. Like I, I get it. I think there's tools, but like dude just hasn't played. <laughs> like I don't know. I'm
2: like, <laughs> just, I am tell- that's the biggest downside to him is he just doesn't have the snaps yet at this
1: point.
0: That might it's be the most like, like, unexpected pick, I think, out of any this- of these position groups.
1: This this is a real question though, Alex. Like, what's the big difference between him and that Neiman kid that came out last year? That was like the r- really athletic kid from Iowa. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. We might have to revisit this one. I'm just like I'm I, I'm letting this soak in, and it's not so soak good. it in. I'm trying to it, process it. it. it.
0: Well, we we'll will definitely revisit that because that's that's interesting. Ryan, is there Jack anybody Campbell, in you, in your top three that you want to hit on before we we wrap up the show?
1: Yeah, um, I guess Peyton Wilson. Like Alex, Alex did his one, so like I'll go over Peyton real quick. Um, I'll leave Henry out because he's the better Alabama linebacker. But I, I think Peyton Wilson, for me, it's going to be an interesting debate because from what I saw, I comped him to Kiko Alonso, like the good version of Kiko. I know there was a couple different versions of Kiko in the NFL, but like I'm thinking like Buffalo Bills Kiko Alonso before injury. This kid has outstanding length, right around six foot four, has long arms. Was a high star recruit, has played well, has played some Mike. Um, they also have a, a true Mike there that is a decent little football player as well. But he is um Isaiah Moore is the is the mics if anybody's interested on him. But uh Peyton Wilson has the size, the length, and he is a plus plus athlete, man. I think he's gonna run in the four sixes at six foot four. I think he covers a ton of ground, good zone instincts. The kid' diagnostic skills from 2019 to 2020 was so improved. Kid gets downhill in a hurry. He can thump. I think he can play literally Mike, Sam, or Will. I think he can play wow. any spot. Maybe not quite to the obviously the the high upside as a guy like Micah Parsons, but like similarly, I think he can play almost any position in either system. I don't think he's ever going to be a true on ball guy that can pass rush, but I think Mike, Sam, Will. I think he can do stuff in space. I think everything is fantastic. The biggest question about Peyton Wilson is. Injuries, he had an ACL coming out of high school, and then he retoured that same ACL going into fall camp. So multiple ACL injuries on the same ACL. Also has have both labrums repaired this offseason as a linebacker. That's scary. And he has an arrest going back to 2019. I don't want to speculate on that. All I know is it was uh, public intoxication and then uh, resisting arrest. So there are going to be some <sighs> things off the field to figure out with a guy like Peyton Wilson, but strictly on the field. He's my only first round grade of the linebackers, a late first round grade. I think he's a really tremendous football player that somebody is probably going to get after day one, just because of the off the field concerns.
2: No, good point. I don't know how you have a Mark gainer outside of your top five. I struggled keeping him out of my top three. Like to, I like him. Like,
1: no, no, I like to I think I have, if if I would have put him on, I think he would have been right around the Maureen Overshown, like high third round grade. Like, I, I, I like Gainer a lot. I think he's physical. I think that Florida State has failed him because I think they asked yes. him to do mm. some things like on ball that like, why is he doing that? He's a true off ball Mike, in my opinion. Like, I think mm-hmm. that Florida State more than anything has failed Amari Gainer at this point.
0: So, folks, as you can see, there was literally no consistency between your guys' top fives. There was That's a good conversation, though. I know. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And that's what I, I alluded to at the beginning of the show is that there is just so much volatility and there's just so many differences just from your guys's two opinions. So this is going to be a fun group to monitor and pay attention to. We obviously will turn back the tape once we're actually doing our rankings after the season. Uh, Hopefully we remember to track that stuff down because it's always fun to see how guys end up turning out after summer scouting. We've got two more position groups. Make sure you tune in for those episodes. Um, The best way to do that is hitting subscribe to stay up to date. YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts, we are available. If you enjoy listening to the show, leave us a five-star review. And then also, if you're tuning in on video, drop a comment. Let us know your thoughts. We love to interact and talk with our listeners. So any interaction is always encouraged. Uh, Follow us on social media at NFL Prospects Podcast. Or actually, NFL Prospects Pod at Joe DeLeon at Rise and Draft and at Alex Skillstrap as well as at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for two fantastic interviews this week, as well as other interviews running on our YouTube channel. Have a wonderful rest of your week, folks.